Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 180, and today we're going to talk about how to protect your money when ordering product from China. And I'm going to give you some real examples that were shared with me from a fairly new seller, someone that's already went through this process but learned a ton, all right? And his name is Blair Quain, and he's from New Zealand. And he sent me a voicemail through the Ask Scott voicemail recording area. If you guys are not familiar with that, you guys can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can ask a question there. But what he did was something a little bit different. I'm actually going to play that voicemail for you so you can hear kind of how this happened. And now I'm going to have him on the show, which we're going to hear today is the interview that I did with him. But I want you to hear the voicemail that he sent. It's kind of funny. Uh, (laughs) There's a couple of funny parts to this voicemail, but also how he explains that he had some problems and some issues about paying for his goods, finding out that the goods were defective, and then getting his money back. And what we're going to do is break down how that all kind of happened and then what he's doing moving forward to help protect himself. And I think it's really, really important. And I learned a ton myself just listening to his story. All right. I mean, right now, knock on wood. Can you guys hear that? Knocking on wood. Um, now Brody's going to bark because he thinks that someone's knocking at the door. That's, that's real. All right. So, uh, no, there's no one here, Brody. There's no one here. Uh, literally he just got up and he's barking because he thinks someone's outside. Uh, so what I want to do here is I want to actually show you what he had said had happened. Okay. And then this way here, you can learn from it. Now, let me stop right there for a second. If you guys are brand new to the podcast, first and foremost, I want to say welcome and I'm glad you're here, and let's do an air shake. Let me put my hand out. Let's some, let's shake some hands. Uh, welcome, and uh, nice to meet you. Also, if you guys have no idea about this Amazon FBA thing or private labeling and you're brand new, maybe someone shared this podcast with you, I've got a resource for you, and that is the blog. You can go over to theamazingseller.com, and there is over 180 episodes, actually a few more because we did some bonus episodes, where you can learn all about this process. Now, if you want me to condense it down for you, I also do a live workshop, and I usually do one of these a week. If you want to sign up for an upcoming workshop where I break it down into five phases, and we do that in just about an hour, hour and a half on a live workshop, you can register for that by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. Again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. And we do also answer some live Q&A over there. And it's just a lot of fun. We give away some downloads, some swipe files, all of that stuff, everything that you would need to know and to actually implement and take action on after you leave that workshop. So definitely go check that out if you're brand new or if you maybe, you know, been wanting to come to one of those workshops and you just haven't been able to, head over there, register, and I'll see you there. All right. So Again, this here was totally something that just kind of happened, and it happened because Blair went ahead and contacted me through a voicemail, and uh, then I reached out to him and said, hey, let's have you on the show. So let's listen to that first voicemail, and then from there, we can go ahead and dive into the interview. And by the way, it's kind of funny, and let me just say, cheese, mate. Hi, Scott. This is Blair from New Zealand, part of the international clan. Hey, look, just really loving the podcast, um, so much so I've run out of them and I need more, I'm getting withdrawal, so can you uh, get to work there and uh, give us some more of that good, good stuff? Hey, um, this isn't a question, this is a, um, I guess it's probably a suggestion maybe on what you could do, one of your shows coming up. I've had a couple of experiences lately with um, issues uh, with suppliers 
and payments around that. Um, and also uh, some pretty valuable lessons learned from those experiences um, in, in terms of um, making sure you've got good contracts with your supplier and also um, making sure we get those China side inspections done on product. Um, as much as we'd like to think all suppliers are open, honest and good people, um, I've come across one that, that wasn't and um, have had a bit of an experience with that. Um, and particularly with the trade assurance on Alibaba and having to go through that process uh, and also with PayPal um, and just about getting refunds through these guys and is um, maybe not as easy as people uh, would hope that um, it is. Anyway, look, uh, if you do want to do a uh, section on this and uh, have a chat with me about it, um, more than happy to. You can probably best to give me an email at quainb at yahoo.com. That's Q-U-A-N-E-B at yahoo.com. Uh, and uh, we can touch base from there. And also, just to finally uh, sign off with my little accent for you. I know you love the international accents, so I'm going to teach you how to say cheers, mate, in a Kiwi accent accent. So if you say cheese as in the product that you eat and might as in the little insect, then you've got the New Zealand accent down pat. So give it a go and uh, see how it all sounds. Cheers, mate. And cheese mate to you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> so that was the voicemail that I received from Blair. And from there, I reached out to him and he got right back to me and uh, we set this thing up. So now what I'm going to do is turn it over to the recorded uh, conversation, the phone call that we had through Skype. I'll let you guys listen to the entire thing and then I'll come back in and I'll give you my final thoughts on that. But yeah, really, really great to be able to learn from someone else's experiences. And that's what I love about the podcast. So enjoy this interview with Blair Quain. Hey, Blair, thank you so much for hanging out with the TAS audience today and being on the podcast. What's going on, man? Oh, not too much. It's sort of uh, getting to autumn here or fall, as you guys call it. So we're uh, losing a bit of light and a bit of temperature, um, but uh, still not too cold to get out and surf. So that's, that's all good. That's a good, that, that's a good thing because uh, here we're, we're getting into hopefully spring, you know, pretty soon. But uh, today we have a very windy and cold day, but uh, there's no snow on the ground um, right now, which normally is about a foot, foot and a half. So we're good. We're happy here, but I'm not surfing today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I do want to say, um, you know, for everyone that's listening, I just played, um, you know, and I'm going to put this in the intro and then you didn't hear it just now, but you've recorded it is the actual um, voicemail that you sent me and really which, which, uh, you know, allowed me to reach out to you. And then also, uh, uh, understand how to say cheese might. So uh, I, I really want to thank you for that and um, and really just let people know that's kind of how this thing all kind of came about. I mean, you recorded a voicemail and, you know, pretty much was just talking about you and what you've been doing since the podcast and then, uh, you know, maybe being able to add some things that you've learned. So uh, it's just funny how things happen, right? Yeah, definitely. Look, I just, uh, you know, I've heard through the podcast with your uh, love of the international accent, so I thought it'd be a bit of a laugh to uh, I do. explain how we talk down down south here. Yeah, you guys definitely sound smarter. 
I have to say. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, so th- th- this will be really, really good. I'm excited um, to have you on. And why don't we get people caught up real quick as far as like maybe we can take them back to, uh, you know, where or where, when and where you decided to get started, um, you know, even thinking about Amazon and private labeling and starting your own business on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so uh, 2015, I had a manufacturing um, business which I um, I sold mid-year and um, basically looking to free myself from from staff and and uh, the stresses of of uh, you know a reasonably big operation. So um, we yeah we decided to sell and then um, I always wanted to do something online um, and so I just started having a look around and found your podcast and, and, you know, and started to sort of delve into it and um, became pretty interested and, um, you know, the, the whole process became pretty infectious and, um, yeah, it's, uh, that was October. Um, I started doing my research and things um, and over Christmas, um, look, you know, looking to get products underway. Um, I, I went about the first product actually as a sea ship product, so it took a while to get here. Um, and currently now I've got two products live. I've got another one coming in March and looking to launch another three products by the uh, middle of the year. So exciting times. I'm really enjoying the process and you can certainly, um, it's a big lift once you get product online and start making sales. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree 100%. Let me ask you though, I know a lot of people want to know, and I think one of the, the biggest questions people always ask is, okay, when you're first starting and everything, there's so much to do and it's sometimes it can be overwhelming and all that stuff, but we all got to start with, you know, kind of like looking into the products that we're going to be launching or possible products. What, what exactly did you do to kind of get yourself to the point where you're starting to look at products or markets that you're going to go into? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, um, I actually looked around a wee bit, you know, and, and sort of, um, you know, online, there's quite a bit of info about Amazon and, you know, how to research and things. Um, I started using, you know, a few of the old techniques, the, uh, the 999 trick and things like that. And, um, and then I stumbled across Jungle Scout once I sort of got into your, um, Facebook group. So I sort of went through that process, um, yeah, products. Um, look, I really didn't have any idea of what I wanted to launch. Um, I am doing things that's a bit different from you in that I, um, the products I'm doing are a number of sort of uh, areas of niches, so they're not all under one sort of specific area. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do have a bit of um, variety in what, what products I'm looking at. Um, but yeah, it's not easy. Like it's, it's Mm. not easy. You think you've got this product and you think it's all good. And then, uh, you know, you find something wrong with it or, or it's too heavy or it's too big or, you know, the color's wrong. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's, it's one of the most frustrating, uh, parts I think. And so basically what you're doing though, is you're kind of launching different products in not necessarily the same niche. Is that correct? Yeah, I've sort of got um, two to three. Well, yeah, at the moment I've got two in one one niche, as we call it. Okay, I was, I was um, just going to say we should probably correct that. It's niche for you and it's niche for me. That's correct. <laughs> it, it, it's all the same. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of doubling up. So I've got, I've got a couple in the same niche and then I've got another niche where I've got a couple. So okay. that's kind of the way I'm doing it. So I'm not going all solely individual products. I am trying to double up where I can. 
Um, but it just helped me. I, I mean, I want to have six products live um, by, you know, in, in sort of two or three months' time. So um, I did need to go a bit further out. Um, I think my, my niches aren't quite big enough to have sort of multiple products, you know, five or six products within that same niche. Okay. And now, I, I guess the next question would be here too, and we're going to get into why, why we had you on anyway, but I just, I, I know people are always curious um, to, to know these, these different things, especially when getting started. Um, but like now you've launched these, you know, two products and let's say you're, you're going to launch a, another two and you're, you want to get up to six. Are you doing this also to kind of see which one, what, you know, what one might be the one to run with, or are you doing it just to blanket kind of like a wider net? Blanket a wider net okay. for sure. Okay. Um, so I plan to run with the ball. You know, I mean, I, I the research side of it, I, I'm a bit detailed, and I do go into um, a reasonably um, uh, complex process to, to research it. You know, jungle scouts one of one of the only small portions of my research. So, um, and hence probably why it's taken me a bit of time to really get up and running. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I really want all of these products to work. I mean, some are going to work better than others sure. for sure, and, and that's just the nature of the beast. Um, and what are you going think, after as far as as far as numbers go, though? I mean, because some people are going to be like, okay, you got a complex, you know, kind of like procedure, but like, what are you what are you looking to shoot for when you are uh, going to be launching a product? Like, what's your like? Okay, I did it. I got it to where I wanted it, and if it does better, great. But that's what I want to get it to. Yeah, I'm still sort of sticking with your rule of, you know, 10 sales a day per product at okay. 10 bucks profit. So, you know, and uh, I think that's a that's a nice target to go for. Sure. Um, it, it can be difficult to reach sometimes. Sure. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm still finding that with these two I've got going at the moment. We're still building into into getting to that level of profit profitability. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're getting there. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, okay. So now let's, I guess... Fast forward a little bit, okay? You got you to gotta go and source the product. You you go and you, uh, you you go through the normal procedures. I mean, did you go through like Alibaba? Did you go out and reach out to them, AliExpress or maybe Global Sources? Or, you know, where did you go and find your product or your supplier? Yeah, Alibaba was okay. the, um, was my um, main one. And um, yeah, just through the normal channels um, and basically got you know a number of samples sent out from okay. different suppliers and and um, yeah, so nothing nothing unusual about the way I did it. Okay, um, but you yeah. did have a few issues with the payment, and that's what we really want to talk about. And we want yeah. to talk about invoices and stuff like yeah. that. So why don't you? I know you you've kind of you've kind of set aside a little um, checklist or a little. Uh, you know, bullet points that you can kind of go through that, you know, some of these lessons that you've learned and things that could possibly be a pitfall that we want to make sure that we can hopefully prevent. Um, I've been pretty fortunate. I haven't really run across any issues, but I know that it's out there. Um, so I'd love to hear your experience and also, you know, maybe that we can highlight the things that we should be looking out for and maybe a couple of preventative things that we can do to protect ourselves. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I had two situations, we'll call them, um, and uh, pretty much the same, around about the same time, which made it even harder because I was having to deal with two issues. Um, so the first one was a deposit that I put down on a product I was um, that I'd got samples of, and the samples were awesome, and, and you know, we we're all good. The supplier was, you know, really friendly, and um, I made sure it was through Alibaba, through, um, it was a trade assurance supplier. Um, and 
basically we went through um, ready for the whole shipment to be sent. So the whole shipment had been prepared, um, boxed up, all ready to go. I um, decided that I would want I wanted to get an inspection done on mm. the product, mm-hmm. um, and so I got a um, external Chinese inspection company to come in, do this inspection. Um, and unfortunately, it came back with a result of around 35% of what they inspected were faulty and, and faulty to a point that I wouldn't be able to sell them. Wow. Um, and this, these were things like, um, you know, there were metal, some um, small metal components on this mm-hmm. product and a number of them were already rusty. Oh, wow. Um, now, again, this product was a heavier product, so we were going to be sea shipping this one as well. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, I'm sort of sitting there going, man, you know, if we put this in a container on a boat and it's already got rust, what are these going to turn up in the States looking like? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I had some discussions with the with the supplier and, and basically just went with my gut. And my gut was, hey, you know, I just can't continue with this order. Mm. Um, so I made it clear to the the supplier that I was going to cancel the order. Um, obviously, I had paid a deposit. Um, so we, um, you know, he accepted it at the time. He he said, look, you know, it is our problem. Um, and, you know, I went through, um, I basically put in a trade assurance dispute okay. um, because that is the way to get your deposit back. It has to go through Alibaba so the supplier doesn't directly pay you back your your deposit into your account. It goes through Alibaba. Um, Now, the process with that, look, it wasn't easy, to be honest. Um, The Alibaba reps were uh, pretty slow to respond um, and communications, you know, you'd wait five, six days before you'd get a reply to an email. And a lot of the time it was very, very uh, confusing what they were, what, they were actually saying in their email there was there was mixed messages all over the show. So I, I was getting a bit frustrated by this time and, and sort of communicating with the supplier. And and he actually I, I wasn't getting nasty with him, but he actually got I think he was getting frustrated and, and sort of he even said to me in, in sort of one of the last emails I sent him was that he was going to make it as hard as possible for me to get my deposit back. Really? Yeah, which was pretty extreme. And I sort of, that was when I pulled back and stopped communicating with him. I never replied to him after that email and and just left it to Alibaba to sort out. Um, But to be honest, it it took, um, it took two months to get my deposit back through Alibaba. Um, And, you know, when you're, when you're starting up and you want, you know, you've got cash that you're spending on product, you know, you can't afford to have that tied up too long. So, that was hard. Um, now, did you pay yeah. them through a wire transfer or a credit card? Uh, no, it was done through a credit card. Okay. Okay. Now, how so, would that have worked if you went through the credit card and said, I paid this company and the company's product that they gave me is faulty and and then you disputed it through your credit card? Could that work? Yeah, that's definitely an option. I, did, I didn't do that in this this way. I guess that probably would have been plan B if Alibaba's okay. trade assurance didn't work okay. out. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of that, it was, um, it worked out, but it took a long time. And, yeah. and I think that's what people need to, to understand is if, if something goes wrong, you know, and there's, there was nothing that led me to believe that something would go wrong until we did this inspection. So, mm. um, it, you know, just be wary, um, I suppose. How um, many units were you, were you having shipped? Uh, on that order, there was 500. 
So 500 units. And, uh, you know, if you don't mind, what was, what was the deposit that you were looking to get back? Oh, it was, it was, uh, 600 US. Okay. So what's that translate into US dollars? Do you know? Uh, sorry. Uh, that's what I mean. 600 US dollars. Oh, okay. So it was, it was $600 yeah. then. Yeah. Sorry, okay. I, I talk in US dollars because I always say US because <laughs> yeah, be confused. Uh, you know, we we delegate New Zealand dollars, which is the other nice thing about uh getting paid from from Amazon is that my exchange rate means that basically what I get paid is uh is uh takes care of all my tax because oh, okay. of the, the exchange rate. So it's great. <laughs> nice. Very, yeah. very cool. The, the benefits of an international seller. And, okay, now while while we're on that topic, real quick. Because I get a lot of people that are international sellers and they ask how the process works. And I've got people that are in my class. I've got people that are podcast listeners. And, you know, the way that I understand it and there's different ways to do it. I got a guy that's in Australia um, and, uh, you know, he basically did exactly what you did. Is I mean, he ships directly to Amazon, but he has that third party inspection in place first China side. Um, and that's how he does it. Is that pretty much then your procedure? You're not shipping that to yourself ever. And then, okay. Okay. Never to myself. I mean, New Zealand's far too far. It's even further South than Australia. So, um, and then we, um, it just goes straight in there. I mean, you, you really do rely on that China side inspection. Okay. Okay. And then the other quick question was, okay, so now if you are internationally as well, so did you just set up a bank, um, uh, I know that they're they're out there. I forget the name of them, but there's basically a bank institution that will accept your funds, and then you once you get to a certain level, you can have that released and then sent to your your uh, banking inside of the of the country that you reside in. Um, no, Amazon paid directly into my account. In Did New they Zealand. really? Okay, so, so that's, yeah, so that's, it goes through the currency conversion and comes straight into my bank. Interesting. Um, I am actually looking to set up a, an account in the States because I would rather keep the money in the US dollar and then choose when I convert it. So yeah. wait till the exchange rate's better. But uh, at the moment, that's what's happening. Amazon just paying straight into my New Zealand bank account. And as far as setting up that account, I know we're a little off topic, but this is interesting. So uh, to, to set up that account, being that you're not in the States, what do you yeah. actually have to give them? Do you have to set up any type of business entity inside the States? Uh, I don't believe so. I'm just starting to look into it, but it's um, you can't just open up with any bank. So at the moment, I'm looking with HSBC because okay. they're you know they're a worldwide oh, bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got um, them right here. Yeah, yeah. And so that they've got a facility that allows you to open an account in the states. So it wasn't hard bank- for you to set up an account to start selling um, on Amazon, even though you're not in the US. Um, no, it wasn't difficult. Um, there are a few more steps you have to go through um, when, you, when you're setting up and sell a central. But um, no, look, it wasn't difficult. I mean, okay. it probably took me an hour to do. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. That's not bad. All right. All right, cool. So let's get back on track here. That was just interesting because I always have to pick uh, international sellers' brains because I know yeah. the audience wants to always know and I, I'm curious as well. So, okay. So that's really not a huge obstacle. Um, but you do have to do China side inspection and then you're going to yeah. ship directly. So that's, okay, that's fine. We can handle that. You went by boat the first time too, which is another, you know, oh, whole yeah. thing. Right. Um, well, well, the worst thing about it was the freight company actually shipped it as three separate shipments. So because because when I set the product up, you know, it, it went um, set up as three fulfillment um, warehouses where they wanted the product to go in the states. Oh, okay. So the freight company said, "Well, we're not going to ship it into the states and then separate it. We want to ship it as three separate shipments." So all along, I'm tracking three separate shipments for this one product that was. It was difficult to be fair, and and one thing I would say to people: look, if you can start with something small and and air freight it, just do it because yeah, it's yeah, yeah. so much easier. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's that's kind of why I say that. And some people are like, well, Scott, it costs a lot more to ship it that way. And I'm like, I know, but there's more obstacles too. So don't you want to have, uh, you know, less obstacles when you're first starting and then go boat, you know, later? I think that makes more logical sense. But that's just me. Um, yeah. Some people have done it right out of the get go, and you know, they they they're willing to to go through those challenges. But I just know. Most people, if they get hung up on something like that, it's going to really deter them from continuing um, because they run into these uh, these issues. Um, yeah. But yeah, but, communications around sea shipping required. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was doing thirty odd emails and versus two for air freight. You know, it's yeah. just yeah, it was just chalk and cheese how yeah. much easier it was yeah. air freight. Totally. Okay, so all right, so why don't you give us? Um, Give us some other things that uh, that you would recommend and that you're doing now from the lessons that you've learned through this process. So like if you're going to go and start this whole process again, what are you going to do to make sure that that doesn't happen again or at least make it a less chance of it happening? Yeah, well, there was um, – so the other issue I had, and I'll just run through that quickly because it kind of relates to some lessons learned, but the other issue I had at the same time was another supplier which I um, – paid a deposit for and then she came back once she'd received the deposit and said she could not fulfill the order to the specs that we had agreed on Mm. and um which was interesting again because it was well you know and uh, that's what we agreed on but she wasn't going to go through with it so i basically that was actually a payment through paypal at the time rather than through alibaba so okay okay I actually then put in a dispute with PayPal um, to get that money back. And uh, funnily enough, just this morning, it's come back into my account two months later on the day. Oh, wow. So, again, it's a um, situation of, hey, look, you know, uh, it, you will get your money back. You need to go through PayPal. You need to call them. And if you've ever called PayPal internationally, they are quite frustrating to with mm. so i end up talking with seven people before getting to the right one so um i guess yeah it's it, there's some lessons learned from that one as well so if i just run through those you know i guess the key lesson is look guys the disputes are going to take time you know you can't expect to uh get your money back within a week of of uh you know requesting it um it 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 takes time and patience mm-hmm. uh, You've got to have patience, otherwise you're going to brass people off and, and it will further delay the process. Right. Um, the other lesson, China side inspections, absolutely critical. Mm-hmm. For international sellers, 100% critical. And I would probably even still do them on a product I've set up. So, you know, each even though it's a supplier I'm currently using, I would still do it just to keep them knowing that I'm checking because – you know, I don't want them to drop their game and then me have an established product on Amazon that I then get a rubbish, you know, a rubbish shipment coming with. So, yeah, um, I think I think I think that's a, a good point, though, uh, you know, Blair, as well is is like, you know, at least even if you did the first one and you, you didn't tell them if you're going to do the second one, it keeps them on their toes. Yeah, absolutely. Know, for for yeah. sure. And for, for a couple of hundred bucks, I mean, right. why would you? Right. God, I mean, the last thing you want is stuff turning up in the States and it's not good, you know, and then you've got to deal with it. It's, it's money, it's it's everything. Mm-hmm. So, I like right. that, yeah. Yeah. Um, trade assurance, yeah, critical. If you're on Alibaba and you're looking for suppliers, go through the process that you said in one of your podcasts. You know, I think you went through the different, um, I guess, uh, uh, you know, sign-offs or um, uh, 
um, yeah, they've got a couple of filters. Yeah, they've got the filters built in that you're only going to see the ones that have trade assurance, the ones that are gold suppliers. Um, yeah. You can even do the ones that have had their facilities checked by Alibaba, and then there's been a you know on-site inspection um, if you want to go that deep. But I would say definitely trade assurance, and then the gold supplier is key. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, trade assurance is your insurance yep. once you're on Alibaba. So, yeah. you know, that's the only way you're going to get your money back. I, I mean, it's, I mean, you look, you might, I mean, I might have just got a couple of bad eggs. I don't know, but um, certainly you need to have these backups in place. So, um, again, the other thing is use PayPal. You know, PayPal have got a really good disputes, um, uh, you know, a system set up. And, you know, I mean, a, a dispute's a word that you sort of think, oh, you know, they're having a massive argument. I mean, we weren't having a massive argument. It was just a, yeah. a facility to get the refund of the deposits. And, and then you, and, can, you can see the messaging back and forth, too. It'll say, like, yeah. message has been yeah. sent to seller, message has been sent to buyer. And yeah. you, you, they kind of have, like, a track record or a, uh, a paper trail, in a sense, of all of the conversation back and forth. Um, yeah. which it is nice to, to be able to have that. The only problem is sometimes, you know, you're not going to find suppliers that are going to accept PayPal. Uh, you know, they're going to only accept wire transfer, you know, and that's even yeah. riskier, you know, because now you're giving them the money to get that back. What are you going to do? Right. Yeah, it is. I mean, like with Alibaba, I'd almost look at it from the point of view, well, given the amount of suppliers and agents there are on there, you know, there's, you're going to be able to, in general, find multiple suppliers for, um, you know, for, for the products you're looking for. So mm. if, if one person demands certain terms off you for payment and the other person's accepting of PayPal and, and trade assurance, then, you know, that's part and parcel of who you choose as a supplier, you know. I mean, I'd be going for the safety first option. Mm. That's it, yeah. And then even using that almost against the other one in a sense, in a good way, where you're saying yeah. like, you know, I'd love to do business with you. I love your sample and I love the quality, but we are, our company you know, has a strict rule that we need to have trade assurance and we need to have, you know, it being paid through PayPal. And if they don't accept it's, it, they don't. But if they they might do it, you know, I've got one right now that's been kind of like threatening me to to not use escrow anymore. Um, they were mm. telling me after the first of the year that uh, they weren't going to uh, offer escrow. And I've been using escrow with them forever. And I love it because I pay with my credit card and it's held and it's not released until I give it the OK and all that stuff. It's beautiful. But, you know, they pay a little bit more money for that. And, and I, you know, I'm OK with helping them out with that. I've even told them that. But there's there's a longer delay for when they get their money. But uh, yeah. they, they were telling me that they weren't going to offer that after the first of the year. Well, guess what? I didn't place an order right away after the first of the year. And then they, they contact me. They go, you know, hey, are you looking to order, uh, you know, another shipment? We're, we're ready. You know, we've, we've got probably, you know, six week lead time right now. It's going to get longer, but we'd really like to keep your business. And I just <laughs> I just basically just wasn't ready to order anymore. But then I just kind of let it go. And about, I don't know, four or five days later, go they, they contact me back again, my agent. And she's like, I just want to let you know if, if escrow is a problem, you know, we, we've decided to let you, you still use escrow. Da, 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 da. So I'm like, OK, I didn't even plan on that. But that's yeah, cool. yeah, because I would plan on starting to pay wire transfer, you know, and now I'm like, OK, cool. I it just kind of worked for me because I was just a little lazy as far as getting back to them because I was kind of all set. And uh, yeah. now I, I still get to use my escrow. So. Sometimes um, silence works very well. Yeah, you know, I mean, who who knows, you know? <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, but yeah, I mean, 
you have to go into this thing understanding there's risk, right? I mean, we all know that. And that's why starting off with maybe a smaller order, you know, learning out the, you know, learning the process, seeing the communication, seeing, you know, how everything is, is kind of connected together and, and seeing their quality, you know, and I've told people that too, even when you receive your sample, you know, see how it's packaged, you know, see how, if it's yeah. duct taped together, you know, with a, you know, it's taped together and it's all damaged and everything, you're like, well, maybe that's the carelessness on their part, you know? Um, yeah. so yeah, I, I love that. So yeah. The other thing that people can do is, um, you know, make sure you use the contracts in Alibaba. So, you know, there there is a contract form that you can use and you can put detail in there um, as part of, of what the, um, I guess, the agreement that you have with your supplier on what they're going to provide. So the example I used with the lady at PayPal, uh, with the PayPal payment who didn't, uh, who changed the terms after I paid my deposit? You know, if I'd used the contract and had those the detail or the description of what she was going to supply within that contract, that would just give me another sort of, um, I guess, backup of hey, well, you know, you agreed to these terms as per this bit of paper, and, and so that's something that people should probably look into as they're doing an order is to make sure that they use that that contract form that's in there and and just get that agreement sort of in writing yeah. from the supplier and there's less opportunity for them to sneak out of the deal then. Yeah, no, I, I like that. And I, I think if you're if you're using escrow, it kind of does it for you because you're you're using oh, okay. that you're using that rate through Alibaba. So like right now, literally I'm uh, I think this afternoon I've got to head into my account and I've got an invoice kind of waiting there and it's through the escrow. So I have to right. confirm that what she put through in the invoice that I'm okay with and I confirm it once I confirm it and I pay my 30%, then she goes ahead and puts it in production. And literally the thing with escrow, which is so awesome, is that once I get the items and I get them inspected and you know, for me, for me I do it here myself. I don't directly ship as of yet. I, I'm going to be soon. Um, but um, they, don't literally, they don't get the, the, um, the money released even on the deposit until I confirm that I'm happy with it. Yeah, so that yeah, money is sitting nice. there in the cloud somewhere and, mm. and they don't get it. So, and, and so like you're saying, like if there's something wrong, if, if you don't use escrow, what you're saying is if you go through the Alibaba channel, you're going to have that documentation, that paper trail that you kind of like have signed off on. And then that's what you can go back and say, no, 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 they said this and this isn't what it is because the inspection company said it's supposed to be like this and it's not and and that stuff. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically, yeah. It's just getting getting as much as you can behind you that's mm. uh, recorded, I suppose, yep. that, that you can then go through either Alibaba or PayPal and provide documentation because they allow you to upload documents, you know, yep. as part of that <clears throat> dispute process so you can upload you know an email or you can upload a contract you know and say hey look you know this is what we agreed on yeah um and and it all just it's it's kind of a bit like the court you know they mm-hmm. they they kind of look at it from a, a point of view of well this person's did this this person did this and and you know who's who's right and who's wrong right right uh, so the more info you can keep and and just yeah just keep um documentation is is the key really yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like you said. It's like in the court. It's the evidence, right? It's we're That's we're, right. we're keeping a trail, and and you can't deny the evidence, right? It's like it's there. It's signed off on. But you know, if you're doing this off of of Alibaba, um, then you really better make sure that you have other documentation in place that you're uh, that you're having them sign or or whatever. But I would say try to go through a channel like Alibaba um, to to at least facilitate the you know the documentation. 
You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So is there any other uh, bits of advice that you wanted to give us about uh, ordering and, and paying? Or is that pretty much everything right there that we talked about? That's pretty much all the lessons I've got. I mean, I suppose the general process, I mean, my, my sort of last six months is, is um, I guess for people, for guys starting out new, is this is not a one-step process. This is about a two or three hundred step process, mm-hmm. you know. So each day, if you're chipping away at, at, at the next thing, you will get to the end. Um, but don't come into this thinking you can just grab a product, chuck it on there, and away you go. You know, exactly. I mean, I don't people are that naive but you know it is don't get um i guess frustrated by the process because it does take time you know you you hear stories on your podcast of guys that have gone out and they've they've got product online pretty quick that's probably not the norm Mm -hmm. i think it takes a bit longer than that and and if you're being careful and and you know and and you've got a process you just got to stick with what's next what what am i doing tomorrow what and plan it out and you will get there yeah, no, it's it's all about chipping away. It's it's uh, I always refer to the book, The Compound Effect, Darren Hardy. Uh, you know, it's about the, the the one little thing that you can do every single day. And, you know, you have to decide what that is. But if you were thinking about these obstacles before um, you got there, you know, like, let's say you're in the product research stage, but you're like, but I'm going to have problems over here. And then you start focusing on those problems. Well, yeah. you're not going to ever get your product researched, right? So you have to yeah. stay in the phase or, you know, the the 200th step, right? You, you have to get there. So you have to do the first 10 before you can worry about the 99th or the 100th. Um, you really just have to really chunk it down and then just go through and, and, and go into it. I think you had a few more extra obstacles because you did decide to go by boat. Um, I think that could have been eliminated. Um, so I could have saved you a ton of, of hassle there if we, if you would have just went the other route, but you decided to go the other way. That's okay. Uh, you're not going to make it hard on yourself sometimes, (laughs) but you know what you learned, you you know, know Um, it doesn't mean you won't do it again. You just learn now very fast on, you know, what it takes to do, you know, sea shipping and, and kind of like the inspection thing. You've learned all about that. So you've learned all those, those are lessons learned. So those are like things you can take with you now. And again, now you're able to share it with us and, and help us through the, you know, protecting yourself and being through that. Cause I really haven't talked, talking to anyone even on the show, uh, you know, about, you know, anyone having major issues about payment. So this is, yeah. this is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I want to bring light to this because it, it is out there and you hear some people talking about it, but not really in detail and kind of like what we should do to protect ourselves. So, you know, this has been really, really good. And uh, I want to, I want to thank you again, Blair, for, for coming on. And we'll definitely have to do a follow-up with you because, uh, you know, you're, you're on your way. You're, you got what, two products now you're getting ready to launch the next two. And then you got another two that you're going to be, so you've got six products you're, you want to launch. I think that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to follow up with you and, and see where you're going with this. I know you and I talked a little bit before we got on and, uh, you know, you, you were kind of talking about, you know, how I've been talking about kind of like the next phase or the next wave for, for me personally and taking the brand off of Amazon and building that channel. Um, so that'll be next. And I know that you said that that's kind of what you're thinking as well moving forward. So yeah, it's, it's exciting stuff and it's, it's, we're, we're building a business, right? And I mean, you've built other businesses, so it's part of the process, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's all about just, you know, nothing nothing sits still. It's all about this, this continual movement through your business and, and how, how, what is your next step that you're going to take. 
Um, you know, so yeah, it's exciting stuff. You know, I mean, we're we're really enjoying what we're doing, my wife and I. And um, you know, we're uh, we're actually in Shanghai in two weeks to meet some suppliers and go to some factories. So that'll be interesting. Oh, nice! And another sort of uh, angle to the whole thing. But uh, again, it's just that nice sort of ability to meet some people and actually put a, a, a face to that name on that email and, and you know tighten up that relationship going forward. And so it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. Yeah, definitely. You'll have to give us a follow up on that as well, because I've heard a lot of people going there and a lot of people walk away with, like you said, you know, even if it's just two or three connections, those connections yeah. are gold because, you know, you're going to find products or be able to, to have them find products for you that you're looking for that might not be listed. Right. And that's yeah. really that's the beauty. Right. Finding products that not everyone is seeing on Alibaba. And if you can start to really kind of dig down inside of their catalogs or have them be able to say, yeah, we can get that. Um, yeah. That's just that that's key. You know, that's huge. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got some ideas that we want to talk to them about and, and it's it's kind of um, it's a bit hard to do it over email and, mm. you know, you want it's sort of compiling a whole lot of their products into a kit. And yep. so it's it's going to be one of those ones where we need to walk around the showroom and, and pick out and look at products rather than getting, you know, boxes of samples sent down to New right. Zealand. So, so um, yeah, that's awesome. yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely keep us posted. But hey, I want to thank you again, though, Blair. This has been awesome. I want to also thank you for teaching me how to say cheese mite. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> it was funny. I told I told my wife that this morning we were getting my uh, daughter on the bus. I told her about that voicemail that you sent me. She was she was dying. It was funny. Uh, <laughs> oh no, that's awesome! And look, thank you for all you do. I mean, it's, um, it's you're a world of knowledge, and the podcasts are a great asset. So um, I know all of the twenty odd thousand listeners that you've got are um, you know absolutely stoked to have this resource that you know we can uh, use each day. No, I, I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, I'm just, again, documenting my journey and kind of going through this and uh, being able to meet people like you is just a bonus. It's just icing on the cake and, and I get to learn lessons and then bring them to other people to, to share them. So it's a beautiful thing. So I, I love it. So yeah. <laughs> so, hey, have fun um, on your on your journey there, picking out your new products in, uh, in uh, China. So that'll be interesting. And then, uh, yeah, keep me posted and good luck to you. And uh, if you if you hear anything else that uh, you need to add, or whatever, uh, definitely keep me posted and uh, we'll definitely keep everyone else updated as well. Sounds good, Scott. Thanks very much. All right. Take care, Blair. Cheers, mate. Okay. So there you have it. Another great conversation with someone's story, with someone's experience, and we all get to benefit from that. So this is probably one of the most scariest things is taking your hard-earned money and then releasing it out there to a supplier and then hoping hoping and praying that you receive your product and that it comes as uh, you guys had kind of agreed upon and everything was there as you expected it to be. And you can see by him going through a third-party inspection company that also helped him um, not send bad inventory into Amazon, which is another lesson learned. So definitely, definitely glad that uh, Blair was able to share this. Hopefully you've gotten something out of this. And and uh, when you move forward in this, understanding that you can go ahead and put these different things in place to make it 
easier and less risky when you do move forward. All right, guys, so that is going to wrap up this episode. I do want to remind all of you that are brand new or you know fairly new to the show and maybe new to this whole Amazon FBA thing and you're not even past the product research stage yet. If you want to attend one of the live workshops that I do that walks you through the five phases for launching a product, everything from product selection product sourcing, to the pre-launch, to the launch, and then to the promotion stage, you're going to want to attend one of the live workshops that I do, and it's totally free. All you have to do is sign up and register for it at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. Once again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. We do live Q&A there as well. Would love for you to attend. All right, guys, so that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Remember, remember this. I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, let's say it together. Like always, let's say it together. Let's say it loud, and let's say it very, very proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you guys right back here on the next episode.